That Naturopathic Podcast. TNP. Hello there. Hi, and thanks for joining us. I'm Dr. Michelle Pobega, naturopathic doctor. And I'm Dr. David Miller, ND, and we hear your frustrations. This show is for you. This show is for you if you're feeling like your current healthcare strategy is not getting to the root cause or the underlying reasons for your health. This show is for you if you've been told that you're fine, but you definitely don't feel very well. This show is for you if you're walking out of your doctor's office with one, two, three, four, or even five medications without any mention of diet, lifestyle, or a long-term game plan. This show is for you if you've got several specialists taking care of you, but no one is really putting all the pieces together. This show is for you if you believe that health should be part of healthcare. These problems have solutions. We know it. Our patients know it. And we want you to know it. Naturopathic medicine is the solution that you should know about. Hey everyone, Dr. Dave here. As you probably know, this podcast is all about getting the word out there that naturopathic medicine has got some serious game. Educating and inspiring our listeners to work towards and achieve better health is what it's all about. But just like it takes energy and effort to invest in and strive towards greater health, it takes energy, effort, and financial support to do all the podcast things necessary to keep this message coming at you. So please afford me a moment to share our gratitude and give a real heartfelt thank you to our show sponsor, Cytomatrix Canada. Their patient focus focused vision of improving health outcomes with the use of high-quality, naturopathic doctor-designed supplements is 100% in alignment with what we're trying to do here at the podcast. Their enthusiasm for supporting what we're trying to do for you, the listener, encourages us to keep producing content that will inform and inspire. Thanks again to our sponsor, Cytomatrix Canada. Okay, welcome to another episode of That Naturopathic Podcast. Got my sidekick again with me, Dr. Michelle. What's up? Hey, man. How's it going? Good. Good. I, I'm uh, I'm so excited that we're doing this. I really love being part of the team. I've got to say, because this has been a pretty awesome journey. It's been like a month and a half, and I'm really enjoying the process. So nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And we get I to meet wanna, a new. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's been awesome. I think it's been great too, and I think that's the feedback we're getting too. So, cool. um, thanks to all our listeners who've uh, stayed with us. So, um. You're not feeling tired today, are you, Michelle? Myself? No, I'm yeah. okay. okay. I'm ready to go. Because we have an expert in fatigue today. <laughs> did you see what I did there? Oh yeah. I, yeah, I get it now. I didn't. I didn't quite catch that. I should have played into that more. But that's all right. <laughs> Maybe I am fatigued because I didn't catch on sooner. <laughs> <laughs> well, we get to make a new ND friend today with uh, with Dr. Jenny um, and uh, Dr. Jenny Tafunkin. You're calling. You're talking to us from out on the west coast. So thank you so much for getting up so early and looking better than both of us. Yeah, I know. You really nailed it. <laughs> well, thank you very much. I think it's all the vegetables I eat. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's it. You heard it here first, kids. Eat vegetables. You look great. <laughs> exactly. So I've only known uh, I've only known Dr. Jenny now for a few minutes. I like her already. And um, and Michelle's the same. So Dr. Jenny, why don't you tell us a little bit? I'll tell I'll tell people why um, I, I wanted to talk to you, why we uh, why we connected. And that was because we're going to talk about energy. And that's a symptom maybe that people will recognize having low energy. I mean, who hasn't had it at some point? Um, so it's it's very relevant to clinical practice too, I find, because I've talked about this on the podcast and that's how we have time, energy, and money. Those are sort of resources that we need to have, you know, maybe a little bit more of one versus the other. But if you're low on energy, there's you just can't make the right choices. And even if you know the right choices, even if you can afford the right choices, if you're too low on energy, it's hard to make those simple, basic choices like drink that water, make that, you know, home-cooked meal of, you know, heavy plant-based veg, do the exercise, whatever it is. So 
I'm so excited to talk to you because energy is one of those critical resources. Um, so thank you for joining us. And, and maybe you could start by telling us a bit of your, your story and how you got into talking about energy with your clients. Yeah, sure. Thank you so much for having me. I love what you are doing in terms of bringing in this awareness of what it is that we do as naturopathic physicians. It's just, it's really fun to be here and talking with you. So thank you for having me on your show. Yeah, so and I agree, you know, if um, I think there's a Ralph Waldo Anderson quote that says, the, live, the life belongs to the energetic, right? And so, you know, when you're feeling exhausted, it's really feel hard to feel like you're living fully. Mm-hmm. And when you think about it, I mean, you just, you need energy for everything. You need energy for your body to function normally. You need energy to think well. You need energy to be in a good mood. You need energy to have sex. You need energy for everything, you know, to be a creative problem-solving person on the planet. You need to have energy. And when I think we end up getting into a place where sometimes our energy starts to tank and we don't realize how much it's tanked when, but we compensate, we keep compensating in different ways. And, and until we realize that, you know, our life just isn't that great, you know? And that's Mm. frankly what happened to me a few times. I have personally been on the journey of really struggling with chronic fatigue syndrome. And I didn't realize that that's what hit me the first time I had it. It took me a while to realize I was in real denial around it. Mm -hmm. And I was in medical school at the time. And, and I, and I crashed really hard and I ended up getting myself better after a few years by doing that kind of shrapnel naturopathic approach where you throw everything you possibly can at something. (laughs) Yeah. We all know that one stick, right. (laughs) And then I was like, yes, you can heal 150% from chronic fatigue. And it gave me a lot of confidence in terms of working with patients that I realized I didn't really understand how I got there. And I realized this the second time I crashed and I was, Mm. and these were big crashes. Like the first time I was actually in bed with IVs in my arm and not able to get out of bed for months. And I had to take a year out of medical school. It wasn't just Mm. a, it wasn't just a, I mean, I, it was a true dark night of the soul for me. I mean, I really, really, really was not people around me thought I was going to die. I mean, I was very sick. I was very, very sick. And then the second time I got it again, but this time I had this huge overhead with a clinic, you know, and I had employees and I would lie in bed and I would think like, if I don't get better, like I'm literally going to go bankrupt if I don't figure this out. Mm -hmm. And that's when I realized what I had done before wasn't working. And And it wasn't the same thing quite. It was the same body, but it was different. And I had to really dig into the material. And so what I did is I couldn't sleep. So I got up and I researched. And I read and read and read and read, trying to figure out what, why am I so tired? Why, what causes chronic fatigue? What is this thing that nobody really seems to understand? And a lot of doctors don't even believe exists. And Mm -hmm. so I kept looking into it and started to experiment on myself and started to get some traction. And then I honestly thought I would have no practice because I was so tired. I thought everybody would run away from me. And they ended up coming in droves. And I got this huge practice filled with people with chronic fatigue. And I was able to work with all these different patients and begin to see these patterns that really came out where people were responding in different ways. And I began to see that there are really five different root causes to this chronic fatigue syndrome. Um, also share? called magic encephalitis. Yeah. And so <laughs> it was really interesting. And so since then I've, I've really worked on this different system and, and I love sharing it with, with the general public, because I think it applies to burnout as well. And now to long COVID and all these different things. And I also mm-hmm. love sharing it with physicians. So, yeah. 
what, well, tell what us, would, can you tell us a little bit um, about like, just cause it sounds like you did a shrap, you said that you did the shrapnel like approach the first time. Yeah. And then from doing that, you sort of, then, then you sort of honed in on seeing a lot of these patients, which is the good thing about seeing like a, uh, I don't know if I want to call it like a niche or whatever, but like, Cohort. yeah, like yeah. it's good. There's a good side to it. Right. Yeah. Like I know we, we always say treat the person and all treat holistically, but when you see the same kind of people it, you do get really quite good at right. you know sifting through that and now your shrapnel approach becomes a little bit more um I don't know systematic or whatever is it was exactly. is that the right word yeah yeah so can you tell us maybe how how that transition happened from the shrapnel approach to like okay here's the the main the main bits that that you really have to address because I think you got like five main uh aspects that you you have in your system right Sure. Yeah. So just to be really clear, I'm always treating the person, right? I mean, yes. always, you know, because it does, you can't treat the lab test. You can't treat the condition. Yeah. You need to treat the person. And I think that, but what I have seen is that even within that, when somebody comes to you exhausted, there are, there are patterns that we can begin to listen for as physicians, when we're doing our history, we can begin to listen for those patterns and people can, and if you're just, if you're a person out there just struggling with chronic fatigue, there are these patterns that you begin to understand in yourself as well. Mm -hmm. So what I do when somebody's sitting down in front of me, you guys are going to love this because when the pre-talk, you told me that you just want people to, to poop and sleep. <laughs> and so like, <laughs> so much. I have these two different, like, if you want my kind of my little system here, yeah. if you want me to go into it. So that's yes, please. So that the, I'm really looking for two different things. One, I'm looking for I'm listening for which of their four health foundations do they really need to dial in? Like, what's the priority for them? Because we all need, we all need, we all need sleep, right? Mm -hmm. We all need, uh, we all need digestion and detoxification. We all need to have our rhythm and our sleep intact. Mm -hmm. We need to have our mindset and our spirit there. We need to have our rhythm and our movement. Those are the four different health pillars that that's how I've kind of broken down the whole naturopathic, you know, so you said world. digestion, detox, sleep, digestion, detox, sleep and rhythm, yep. rhythm and sleep, right? It's yep. your diurnal rhythm set, you know, looking at, yep. you know, diurnal rhythm yes. and sleep. Yeah. Movement was another mindset one. and spirit, mindset, mindset and spirit. Nice. Yeah. And movement and breath. Right. That's yeah. so cool. I mean, it's, yeah. I don't, I, I mean, I, I put together a little one called NMRX. It's nourish, move, relax. And X is like existentialism. Like give, find yeah, something. I love it. Yeah. Like just give, find something to care a lot about, you yeah, know, Yeah, exactly. Connection growth. Uh, yeah. That's, that's what I, I say a sterile form of spirituality. <laughs> I love that. It's beautiful. Yeah. 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 So it's similar, similar kind of idea. Okay. Sorry. Exactly. Right. I, sorry. So I, I had to, I had to take you on that little tangent because it was just too close to exactly what yeah right I, I thought of yeah yeah exactly cool. I think a lot of us have developed those little systems and that's and that's mine but what I find is it's really helpful when you have that patient that's sitting in front of you or it's helpful for the person that's sitting there and feeling like oh my gosh I just don't feel good and I can't even like I don't even know where to start I just feel yeah. so I just feel terrible like am I gonna die yeah. like you know yeah. what is this yes <laughs> and we can kind of dial in like okay all right all right, girl, you got to focus on your sleep. <laughs> like, that's like, yes, we're going to work on all this other stuff or we got to focus on your gut. You know, it's like, yeah. You know, we can... Anyway, so there's that. And then, and then which of the five root causes, um, they may have all five and I'll go through what those are. They may have all five or they may just have one or two, but if they have a lot of them, it's really looking at 
which is the root of the root of the root? Like which one, if we could really get mm-hmm. that one mm-hmm. would affect all the others, right? Mm-hmm. So what you don't know about me yet, because we just met is I'm a very much what I call myself a right lane, right brain and left brain physician. Like I, I love doing the functional I'm already picking labs. up on that. <laughs> I love doing the functional medicine labs and I love doing, you know, the DDX and, you know, I love digging into the research and, you know, I love that, but I'm also very much about we have this energetic body and we have yes. the subconscious mind and that affects so much of our physiology and sometimes somebody who's really physically sick you you can use the other side to get in there and make shifts and mm-hmm. vice versa that's somebody such an important conversation to have with people yeah that yeah exactly that emotional energetic body that's down it's like you can get in on the physical so just so yeah I love that. Well, you also said the the word conversations in my clinic is helping people understand how their emotional and mental self affects their physical self because nothing's nothing's separated. And we need to make sure all the moving parts are together. And people are like, oh, how come no one's ever said that? And you're just like, yeah, energy can't be created or destroyed, guys. It's physics. We got to shift things. (laughs) Yeah. And to kind of go back to the whole like naturopathic roots thing, right? I mean, we're taught that that's part of the mind body spirit thing it's in all the symbology of around naturopathic medicine and um you know I practiced it as a young student and I taught it as a when I was a teacher at at the college but what I find really what I love and it's fascinating because I love that left brain side is there's so much science now you know proving how much our emotions impact ourselves yes and how Mm -hmm. they function Mm-hmm. And, you know, this whole other energetic body stuff is also being tested. You know, we now have a lot more scientific data for it. It's kind of fun. <laughs> it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 You also said the algorithm word, which, which is one of my favorite words. I love that word too. Yeah. I know. Like, I mean, like if you get a good algorithm, you're just like so excited as a yes. physician, right? Like give me the algorithm. <laughs> well, I try to do similar to you, Jenny. I try to do the similar thing, like have a real meaningful uh, conversation with people and listen to those, listen to their story and, yeah. and everything. But at the same time, I'm, I'm kind of going through those things in the left the left side right. of the brain, right? So, right, right. Yeah, right. I'm liking how you work through. Do you want to talk about these, uh, these the five? five? Yes, I will. And let me just because you mentioned the word algorithm, I'm going to join that in with it, okay? Because yeah. what I found myself doing in clinic was going through an algorithm in my head where I'm ruling in and ruling out. Just it's the first meeting or two with someone, right? And so it's just, is this the, is this the which of the root causes do I think is the main one? So um, super important one is what I call the, it's it's what I call the golden tri or the hormone triangle. So it's that adrenal thyroid ovary testy mm-hmm. triangle, which as naturopathic physicians, we're very familiar with. I don't know if your listeners are familiar with that whole system, how familiar, if you've talked about that in other talks or not, but that golden triangle is super important. I think, yeah, I think we're in a, an interesting time now where people have a little bit better basic idea because the you know because information is out there so i think a lot of our listeners know and then a lot of our listeners are naturopaths so you know if you can speak sort of to to in, even in between that space it'll yeah we'll get it yeah 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 that, it sounds great the yeah. hormone so axis. obviously yeah hba dis- dysfunction you know mm-hmm. thyroid thyroid issues metabolic you know all that stuff so so um hormone dysregulation basically is number one the second one is a viral a, a, a chronic infection so, and then the third is mitochondria mm-hmm. and then toxic overload mm-hmm. and then limbic emotional 
um, dysfunction. Mm-hmm. And that one is, and then of course they all interact, right? So mm-hmm. we now know that if somebody has, is in a chronic stress response and their limbic brain is dysfunctioned, it's, there's been a cell danger response in the mitochondria and there's a feedback loop between the mitochondria and the limbic brain mm-hmm. that's slowing down the whole metabolic system, right? And so mm-hmm. then you see like, okay, you start, then you've got like three of them right there, right? And then we know yeah. that sometimes what happens in a chronic viral situation is that you have that virus has literally taken over the metabolic processes of the mitochondria. And so Mm. you have, you know, you have a shift in the, in, in the metabolic system with somebody because they've got this chronic viral infection in the mitochondria. So how, 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 is it rare to see someone literally just in one box? Cause I feel like it's so it's almost always, it feels like it's quite multifactorial. Well, like when you named those five and I was like, I feel like, like you already alluded to, they all interact with each other. I feel like it would probably be very rare to be like, this person has just the one. (laughs) I think that, yes, I think that, um, I have seen, I have seen some people who just have one. Usually it's, it's either in two situations. It's either that they have just crashed for the first time. And it's not that complex yet, mm-hmm. but more likely just because I, I tend to see the people that are really complex that other people yeah. haven't. It's usually that they've already honestly worked on some of the other things with other practitioners, with other great practitioners that they've seen, that they're just missing the one, mm-hmm. you know, that it's mm. that they, they already did all the other work. They've been doing lots of deep subconscious work and their diet, their foundations are perfect, all of that, but they're still exhausted. Well, this doc, you know, the other doctors didn't catch the chronic viral infection. And yeah. so we treat that and they're like, Oh my God, thank you. You know, and I get to look like the hero and it wasn't <laughs> me really. It was all the other work that they did doing, you know? Yeah. It's just that one thing that I, yeah. Yeah. But you got to know, I, I, I always compared to like prying something open. You got, you got to find that, you got to find that place where, okay, you can't, you have to, yeah, you have to pry it at the right you have to pry the case open at the right spot or go for right, the lowest right. hanging fruit or the most, the most dysfunctional system, uh, which is also amenable to change with, you know, their time, energy and money or whatever. Like you, you it's, it's, it is a bit of an art, right? It's yeah. a total art. It's a total art. And that's what I really, um, what I love is that when we really listen to our patients, it's like, you can really kind of begin to like, where, okay, where is it that, where is that opening? Where is it that we need to go? Mm-hmm. And that's what I talk a lot about when I'm, I really, am, I love, I love sharing with patients to get empowered so that they can understand their body better. And so I try to share this with them. And then when I'm teaching with doctors, it's the same thing. It's like, how, what is it that we're listening for so that you can figure out which of the root causes is really up for this patient. And there's some really specific things that you can listen for just in clinic and just in that first visit, and then, and then support it through running the lab test to rule in or rule out your first, you know, your first thoughts about it, or, or sometimes it's just doing a treatment trial and that way mm-hmm. yeah. people can yeah. figure out. Yeah. It really is about the right step at the right time because they, yeah. you can, all the steps mm-hmm. are probably correct, but you have to make sure you take the right first step. I always tell people, you can't build the building by starting with the fifth floor. You got to build that foundation. Right. And yes. a lot of people, a lot of people think about the end goal and they're like, yeah, but I want to be here. So can we yes. fix this part? Yes. Like, Ooh, but yes. we got to. Yes. Oh my God. You're speaking to exactly. I'm smiling and laughing because literally like I talk about like, you know, the foundations, like those pillars of, of health, those foundations, they're literally foundations, you know? And then I talk about, you know, if you want to, 
you know, if you just want to, if you're like, if you're as the house and you just want to be a shack, then sure. But you know, like if you want to like rise and shine, you know, like some freaking like, <laughs> yeah. I want to withstand the big bad wolf when he comes and huffs exactly, and puffs. I don't right? want to, want to exactly, fall right? <laughs> it's, it's hard. It's hard though. Like, um, I'm, I'm so glad you're talking about the foundations again. We talk about them. I, I find Michelle, we talk about them like we almost do. every week, right? Pretty and much. they come up with good, with good experienced naturopaths. It, it keeps coming up. It, it's just like, you know, my NMRX thing is very similar to you. Like a lot of the basic stuff, it, yeah. it keeps coming up and, I'm just going to maybe take a little, a, a little one minute for the newer Natch Pass out there and tell them like my story of, of how I didn't do the foundations enough when I was starting. I think mm-hmm. I was, I was, uh, I wanted to fix everyone right away. I wanted mm-hmm. them to I'd not have to spend, you know, a million dollars or whatever, you know, I'm, I got a, I got a, like a blue collar sort of, you know, upbringing kind of thing or whatever like that's the mindset i have and so you have to you it's okay for um for you to have to do the foundations first because it, it just doesn't work I, I remember when i was younger new naturopath trying to give someone that two three supplement that's going to change their life and you're going to fix them immediately but no you got to do the foundations yeah so important yeah it's so true i i often talked about this patient that we saw when I was clinical faculty and the clinic had run this at the clinic. We'd run this special, I think it was like $5 to come in and see somebody on our shift. And we got, it was great. We saw these so many wonderful people on the shift. And this woman came in who had a diet, like so much complex stuff going on. She had diabetes. She had, um, she had, she was exhausted as well. She had all these problems and, and we took her history and figured all this stuff out. And she had, she had money for one supplement. <laughs> that was it. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, And um, there's so much that everybody wanted to do with her. And so we just did, we did lifestyle. We did lifestyle. It's like, okay, dial in your awesome. sleep, move your body, drink that awesome. gallon of water a day, do your skin brushing, like do these, all these things. And, and we gave her probiotic. That was like the one thing. And we talked mm-hmm. about diet and she ended up coming back like a month later and she was so much better you know her her hypertension was better amazing her blood sugars were better i think it was two months and i mean it was just you know she was out walking every day she started was eating right she was going to bed at a good time it was amazing like you Mm -hmm. just normalize just like the body does want to go back into this healthy state Mm -hmm. may i ask a question then so with regards to your more focused cohort of clients that are struggling with like burnout, fatigue, et cetera. I know Dave and I have talked about this in previous um, recordings as well, that it's that foundational care that seems to be the biggest struggle to get people on board with sometimes, especially because the time, the energy, the money, the resources, people, Mm -hmm. I'm too tired. I don't have enough time. So when someone's coming into your office, feeling extremely burnt out, they're suffering from chronic fatigue. They really don't have the quote unquote energy as a resource. Maybe they don't even have the time. I don't know. But how what's you how do you begin to set them up and support them with building that foundational work? Like how, like what's the conversation when it comes to something like that? I always like to hear that because I find that that's one of the most challenging things in clinic is getting people on board with that foundational work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good question. I I think over the years, because I've been practicing for a couple decades now, I think I started out really embodying the whole dosair piece and really trying to explain 
a lot to my patients. Can you explain, Jenny, just for those that don't know what docera means? Yeah, docera means to teach. It's mm-hmm. like the old, it's the means doctor, but really the old term, Latin term means to teach. And mm-hmm. so that's, you know, that's what we're here for is mm-hmm. to help share information so people can be empowered with their own health care and be radiating more. Yes. Um, what I, what I actually feel like I have found to be the most effective recently in the last few years is really this whole is when a patient comes to me and I take their history. And if I can really bring all of their complex experiences and symptoms down and say to them, okay, when I'm listening to you, this is what I'm hearing. This is what I think is going on with you. I think you're, I I hear you. I'm sorry. You've been through all this. But these, this, you know, this is the one foundation that I really want you to focus on. Mm. I, I, we're, we need to get to your digestion and detoxification for sure, but we're going to start with your sleep because that's the one that I think that if we can get that one in line, then it's, or vice versa, you know, we Mm got to treat the gut first or you need to, you know, whatever that thing is, you know, sometimes it's the mindset and spirit piece. And usually with that, that means that they also have the limbic brain dysfunction. And so I'm really just kind of like, this is the one thing to focus on because then I see this relief in their body of like, oh, okay. Somebody A believes me, they're hearing me, they see mm-hmm. me, and now they're giving me a plan and I'm so exhausted and I feel like I'm going to die and I'm really scared, but I can focus. Okay. I just need to focus on my sleep. Yes. And, then, right. and then, and then Dr. Jenny's holding the rest for me and we're going to get there when it's time. And I think that that's maybe if I'm, you know, just reflecting right now, thinking about, I think as I've matured as a physician, I'm less afraid about feeling like I need to do everything in the first two visits. And I understand this is a long-term journey Mm -hmm. and this is a relationship that either they're either continue with me or they'll move on, you know, what, however it manifests, but it's, it's, it's going to take some time. And so really my job is to let them understand the, the path that they're going to, you know, the way that I see that path unfolding for them and where they need to begin. And then it's my job to kind of move them through that, that process. So, yeah. Yeah. It's like clarity and guidance seems to come to mind for me with what you're saying there. Right. I think that that helps. Yeah. It's just so much like, again, back to what I said, about the information is everywhere now that that almost comes like well, you probably can't relate, but um like a snowstorm with your high beams on. I don't know if you ever, we're from the great, okay. We're in the great white north. I love that. That's great. (laughs) It's too much. It's like just too much. Right. So you actually have to like turn the high beams off, which is counterintuitive and you see better. And I think that's kind of like, like how it is with information now. And the guidance with someone like you or whomever you're seeing as a, as an atropath, the guidance is so key because now you're not thinking, is it this, is that, is it this, is that, that, that? no, it's like, okay, I'm going to drink some water. I'm going to go to sleep on time and maybe take one supplement. I mean, and you can, yeah. like you said, you can focus on that. You got limited energy often. So let's relax. Clarity, guidance. I like it. Yeah, I like I think, that approach. Yeah, I think the other thing that's helpful is to, when I can offer my patients realistic expectations. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like we're going to know, because I always say you should use your own body as a biofeedback tool. 
That's part yes. of it. That's part of what we're doing here. We're, you know, it's not like everybody's going to take the same thing. We need to see what works for you. As you know, we have these deep and wild toolboxes that we can choose from and patients will resonate with more energetic medicine, homeopathics, that kind of thing, or they're going to resonate more with something more dense, you know, like a, like, you know, botanicals, nutraceuticals, or even pharmaceuticals. And we can use all of those with our patients. And so it's really finding which, which thing resonates and what works for them. But part of that is for that patient to tune in to how they feel when they're taking something and get that feedback. And then to give them the realistic expectation, like I'm giving you these supplements to support your, um, your hypothalamic pituitary access. And I, you know, of course I say adrenal because it's a lot shorter. <laughs> you understand what I'm talking about? <laughs> Even though we know that's not what we're supposed to say. Um, but I expect you to feel better in two weeks. You know, you're going to know in two weeks if this is working mm -hmm. or not, right? You mm -hmm. know? Yeah, some expectations and hopefully some traction. I always, that, yeah. that was another thing, uh, I guess, as when I was younger too, I was always hoping for traction and I still always hope for it because you got to, you're, you're really hoping someone's going to get some return on investment for whatever they do in terms of their time, energy, or money. Right. And, uh, and traction keeps you interested, right? Cause if you're feeling real crappy, you need, you need something to hopefully change. What do you do, Jenny, when someone doesn't get the traction uh, that this just came up naturally in, in, in chatting with you, what do you do when someone, cause you're dealing with like tired people a lot of the time, yeah. they don't get the traction right away. They're, they're putting some energy into something. What do you do to keep them because sometimes it just takes longer. Sometimes we didn't make the perfect choice. It's, it happens. Sometimes they didn't do it. But how do you keep people, you know, interested in, in working towards it as the, you know, to get that traction if it doesn't come really quick? Um, yeah, it's a great question. My hesitancy is, is um, <laughs> this sounds, I, it's weird. I don't want to sound overconfident, but I, it's because I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I've certainly have had that with patients, of course, like, you know, mm -hmm. but now that I'm in this wheelhouse, that's pretty rare. I honest, I mean, I'm just being honest. Yeah. I like it. No, I rare. like it. Yeah. It really is because sure. You're not getting traction. If the patient's not doing the thing that's then that's the comp. <laughs> that's the conversation right? Exactly. Like, right what's up you know i have this one patient who was referred to me by an md and uh, she uh, you know i love her like i love all my patients and she she has this she has this pattern and i i just had to call her out on it which is she comes she calls me up i'm doing terrible i need an appointment she has an appointment we get her on a plan and then she goes away for six months and then she comes back and she's like, I'm feeling terrible. And it's like, oh yeah, well, I was better. And so I didn't come back. And it's like, no, we need to. And so I made her promise to like, you need to come back every month. <laughs> like you just, we just like, even if you're doing, yeah. and if you're doing awesome, you call me up and you say, I'm canceling my appointment. Cause I feel awesome. But yeah. she hasn't, she hasn't stuck in there to address the root causes. And, and for her, like, that, you know, maybe that, that did fall on me too, because clearly I didn't educate her enough to understand we need to work on this root cause. We need to consistently work on this until it's not an issue for you anymore. And then, and then you can go out and do your thing. So, yeah. Um, I think that if, if somebody's not getting traction and they're doing the stuff, then I, then I need to keep digging and figure out where what's been missed. 
mm-hmm. and where we need to go. Something's not, something hasn't been addressed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's my job. And my experience is usually for all the good doctors out there who are doing all the right stuff, there's usually, it's usually the limbic brain piece. I was going to, I was going to ask you. Uh, yeah. And that's the missing piece for a lot of people. Can I was going to directly go more? there. Everything's sure. going just the way I want it. <laughs> Your master plan is yeah, like, I'm I'm like, 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 just, just like manipulating us and we're following the trail. <laughs> yeah. I just want to learn from her. That's what yeah, I just want to learn true. from her, Michelle. I do. I just want to know more. I just want to pick your brain, Jenny. Tell me about this limbic system. So I'm going to draw one of my famous little pictures here. Just oh. to understand one. Like this is, can you see this? Yeah. Yes. Just to understand, just so people understand that we have this conscious mind, which is this whole pie and our conscious thought is 5%, about 5% of that. So that's like, we have the conscious mind and the subconscious mind where this exists, whether it's the brain or the heart is a whole other conversation we could have, <laughs> but there's the subconscious, but is, there is the brain. And we think about conscious thought and subconscious thought and subconscious thought. Some of it controls our, our physiology, you know, how our heart rate and our breathing rate, if we're not consciously overriding it, we have to serve a natural breathing rate. And that's all, that's all part of the subconscious mind. Part of the subconscious mind includes this limbic brain system. And the limbic brain system is a whole different, it's a lot of different sections of the brain that includes part of your memory system. It's your emotional regulation system. It's where we, we feel things, a lot of things. And it's also part of the older kind of brain. They call it the reptile, part of the reptile brain. So it's part of this that physiologically through, through time has been with us for a very long time, this whole limbic piece, this emotional piece. It's very important <laughs> and we love the limbic brain. And um, the way that I like to explain limbic dysfunction is if you, have the, if you think about this as, as your brainstem and you think about this as your limbic brain in here and then you think about the prefrontal cortex, which is sort of our, the part that like a filter it's like lots of there's lots of data in this in this limbic brain there's lots of emotional experiences and when i talk about this conscious and subconscious brain the subconscious piece here has all these different experiences from in utero to present and even generational memory of like emotional experiences and visual experiences and auditory and we connect and we create narratives and stories around it the limbic brain is part of that too so we create things that um make us experience more safety or more danger. And that limbic brain is always surveying, is it safe? Is it dangerous? Is it safe? Is it dangerous? It's very important for survival because you need to understand that there's a cliff over there. And if you walk down that cliff, you're going to, you could fall and die. You know, we need to understand that, or that's where the berries are. It's like, we remember that's where the berries are to keep us alive. So that's the limbic brain always. Um, And what happens is this prefrontal cortex kind of sifts through all the stuff we're processing. So if I'm standing here and I hear a bang outside my door right now, my prefrontal cortex is going to decide whether that's something I need to pay attention to or not. If I hear it and it's like, oh no, that's just a car muffler going off. I don't need to worry about it. That's my prefrontal cortex making that decision. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What happens with limbic dysfunction is basically it's like you flipped your lid and that the limbic brain is really driving the show a lot more than it should be. Mm -hmm. 
And that's sort of that ability to sift through and make decisions. All this is subconscious sort of right. is, gets dis, uh, diminished. Mm-hmm. And so people are really riding a lot more on that feeling of from the limbic brain and people's um, sensitivity to trauma and to um, and um, gets inflamed. Okay. And so that limbic brain begins to hyper react and you get, and people and the whole body the whole, throws off the whole system. <laughs> so, so what can happen with limbic brain dysfunction is it can actually begin to alter all of our physiology It's connected to the body through the vagus nerve, which is the longest nerve in the body. And it goes to the liver and the digestive organs, and it goes everywhere. And that vagus nerve is mostly a nerve that picks up information from the body and takes it to the brain and goes into that limbic brain. So what happens with people who are sick and inflamed is you, or their digestion's off, you know, they're not pooping, you know, just go back to that. Their GI is off there. That picks up information to the vagus nerve and sends information to the limbic brain saying, it's not safe down here. It's not okay. It's not good. We're in danger. Like the body's literally in danger. It's like not a very, you know, sophisticated signaling system, right? Mm -hmm. It just says Mm -hmm. there's inflammation and that all goes to the limbic brain. Or if somebody has stuff in their subconscious around past trauma, like a lot of us have trauma from one thing or another. And, and, and that can weigh in and impact the limbic brain and all these things start adding up and can really trigger this thing called limbic dysfunction. One of the things that, and then, and then this interacts with this whole thing called cell danger response, where the cells start to slow down and go into more of a hibernation state and it can throw off mm-hmm. your physiology in terms of your hormonal regulation, your immune your immune function, and literally make you exhausted and send off signals. I always say it's like the limbic brain basically gets all this information from the vagus nerve and from the subconscious mind and basically sends the signal to the body. It's not safe out there. You need to go back in your cave and hang mm-hmm. out. And we're mm-hmm. gonna make you feel super exhausted or in the case of fibromyalgia, we're gonna have you experience a ton of pain so that you stay in your cave because I don't know what it is, but it's not safe. And again, right. that's information coming in from the body, the bodies that's inflamed an inflamed body, uh, you know, a sick body. And it's also coming from the messages from the subconscious mind. Amazing. Thank you for that explanation. That was actually really good. It did, but I feel like our, 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 I think our listeners will appreciate that because I don't think they always connect how trauma affects the physical self. Yes, right. I don't think they always connect how your gut health is going to affect your brain, which is going to affect the rest of your body. Right those connections are very much lost because everything in our modern day medical world is compartmentalized, (laughs) right? So having you being able to articulate and join those connections, I think is very powerful for our listeners so that they can start to be like, see that in themselves if that's there. So thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. So to answer your question about what do I, what am I listening for? And this is, this is what I love to share. And I actually, I created a, I created a program for physicians so you can learn like all these different things and what to listen for. And I also have a program that I created for the general public who are struggling so that you can, you can kind of be, know what to listen for, but what's that program for, for uh, naturopathic docs? Who, what's that yeah. one? What's it called? Yeah. It's or, um, CFS ME demystified. CFS. And okay. can we, can we connect to that through your website? Is yes, that the best can. way to do that? It should. Yeah, it should. And if it's not, if it's not 
live. It will be soon. It should be. I'm pretty it's, sure it's up. There's a wait list for it right, right now. Yeah. So just jump on okay. the wait list. If we can, it's going to, yeah, the landing page is there. I think maybe the person that there just hasn't opened it up yet. Okay. So it'll be awesome. Just, just sign up on the wait list and we'll send you an email within the next day or two. So cool. sweet. Yeah. And um, so the one thing that the, there's that clinical question that you can ask, there's that, or that question you can ask yourself that for me are those confirmatory questions that will confirm my first hunch. So if I have a hunch that somebody's in limbic dysfunction, I, um, the question that confirms it for me is, do you have multiple chemical sensitivities? Mm, love it. <laughs> I'm telling you. And there's some pearls. There's some pearls in this one. Yeah. Okay. Nice that pearl. Hundred percent limbic dysfunction. Cool. And I am somebody that has multiple chemical sensitivity. And I thought I'm a canary in the coal mine, and <laughs> you know, like all this stuff. And I'm just telling you what you all need to know that it's toxic, <laughs> and you know, tide is this poison, and you know, all this kind of stuff. But so, Jenny, I, how does that? Okay, does that does that correlate with the sort of the maybe oversimplified? naturopathic approach where it may be like, Oh, I think your liver is, is sluggish or whatever. Does that, does there any sort of correlation there at all? It's, it's really about the brain. It's all yeah. the, brain. the brain, the olfactory, uh, your actually your interpretation of smell has been altered by your limbic brain. Your limbic brain is actually shifted the way that you're perceiving reality and wow. you are perceiving wild. it has, I have actually witnessed it in my body when I did my own limbic retraining to heal myself. I started walking into bathrooms instead of having that onslaught of, you know, like I'm in the airport. And so that onslaught of like, Oh my God, all those chemicals. Mm -hmm. Oh God. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make it through. I'm going to take some molybdenum and, you know, mm -hmm. take my, <laughs> my lipotropic factors and stuff like that. It's like, instead <laughs> now I find myself in these situations. I'm like, huh, what's that sweet apple smell? Oh, huh, that's interesting. <laughs> that kind of reminds me when I was eight and I had that bubble bath, you know, <laughs> like, mm. it is a freaking trip to have your sense of smell. And I have amazing sense of smell and taste. Like I always have. And I thought that that was part of it too. I thought, oh, I just have a really like a mm -hmm. cute sense of smell and I smell the poison and you don't. Um, it's freaking wild anyway, that, but that's, that's that, that is that, you know, you're that's like, wild. I think you have limbic. Um, it's pretty, yeah, it's magic. <laughs> Cool. Give, us, give us some more clinical pearls. <laughs> yeah. So, so you said for the, for the limbic system, you have one specific question. And then you said, sometimes you have like the one question to help confirm other hunches with other things. Do you have another one that would be really dope yeah, to hear? So mitochondria. Yes. So if I'm it. wondering, so if I love mitochondria, I geek out on mitochondria. I love it. It's very <laughs> amazing. So when you're talking to somebody with energy problems, I mean, you know, they're, they're exhausted, they're fatigued. And if they have um, what we call post-exertional malaise, if, or if they're, you know, if you overdo it, you know, so you're overdoing, you do a little bit more than you usually do. So for some people, that means they went on a 10 mile hike instead of a two mile hike, or for somebody mm -hmm. else, it means I did the laundry and the dishes on the same day, whatever that thing is, it's more than you usually do and makes you more exhausted for, um, for some period of time afterwards, that is mitochondria. And if that, and you say, how long does it take for you to recover? And if they say hmm, about three days, it's like, bing, bing, bing. Like how mm -hmm. long does it take for the ATP to reset? Do you remember? Mm. 72 hours. 
for the ATP oh, to reset that's... in the mitochondria. Oh, I had a, I had a physical trainer come to me and she, um, at first I'm thinking physical trainer, oh, she works out all the time, blah, blah, blah. Come to find out she couldn't, if she walked for 45 minutes, she was exhausted for three days after that. And I'm like, oh, we need to work on your mitochondria. <laughs> mm. So, the, I love um, this conversation. so, I, so, so, so there's a whole conversation in chronic fatigue world, ME world about post-exertional malaise. And they actually just added that back into the CDC recommendation that you have to have PEM for it to be that. But my interpretation of my take is that not everybody with chronic fatigue has post-exertional malaise. A lot of them do, because a lot of people have mitochondrial dysfunction. But if they do have post-exertional malaise, that means you need to focus on that mitochondria piece for them. Um, yeah. We just want to know more, don't we? I know. I, can I, know, I just like, going, we're out of time. And I want to tell you so much more. I'm like, I want to tell you. This is where you say, sign up for my program. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But I would, I would like to ask um, the other, the other one I wanted to ask about, if if you have time for it, I'd like to ask Jenny about the, um, the one, you know, where you know it's kind of like mindset, kind of mindset, uh, mindset or spirituality or something, because okay. that's probably something a lot of maybe younger practitioners or just a lot of practitioners just sort of shy away from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What yeah. maybe can you give us a little, a little pearl about how you manage or assess that? Yeah, that let me let me think about that because it's special. If you got yeah. a gift there, it's special. Yeah. And you need to share it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I mean, I think it is the thing that I did find came easily when I was working with with people. But I also feel like it is the piece that often gets forgotten in both our own lives. Like it's easy for us to think that it's to forget to take care of that piece in our own lives, and mm. I think it's easy as practitioners, as you say, to shy away from that. Um, well, you talk about it. What do you do? You talk about it with your existentialism thing. So I'm, I'm trying to, I just, I, I, I slide people into talking about meaning, purpose, connection, and growth. That's Uh sort of like, you got to have one of these. And, and I, I will, I will share that there, most people I, I talk to about this, and maybe this is a, a, a symptom of our culture are shying away from it in general. But people are like relieved when I talk about it. It's yeah. it's like they're like thank you for yeah. mm-hmm. they the look there's they almost they almost like reflect on it. Oh yeah, that is probably important. I don't hear about it very much. I guess is what they're telling me. Yeah. So so yeah, connection, growth, um, yeah. meaning and purpose. I, I just touch on them somehow. I love I love that you do that. I think those are really important. Those are super key. And I would say that um, in my history, I ask about mood. And I ask about spirituality and, and how they answer that gives me a really good look into what is going on with them. And when I ask about spirituality, personally, I don't, I don't, I don't care what anybody, you know, what anybody's belief is. And I, and I, you know, even if it's a strong um, atheist or existential, that's still their belief system, right? Mm -hmm. It's still how they believe. And so I, I ask that as a clinician because when I'm talking about um, what we're doing, I I I prefer to use their term terminology. Just I, I want to talk in yeah. a way that makes sense to whatever, just to help it land. So as a mm-hmm. clinician, that's what I do. But I also feel like 
it's important for people to know what they believe. And a lot of people don't really think about it. a lot of people, when I ask them about their spirituality, they're like, Oh, I'm not really sure. I, you know, I grew up in the church, but I don't really go anymore. And I'm not really sure. And I'm like, huh, well, what do you think happens to us when we die? And like, I'll go in there with people because I find that a lot of illness has to do with a lot of people who are dealing with emotional issues and stuff. It's usually, there's a lot of fear somewhere. And if you're sick, it triggers the fear response in the brain. Like I said, that whole inflammation triggers a fear response and having a converse opening up and being willing to talk about that stuff, I find is it is relieving. It does open mm-hmm. up. It's like, Oh, I haven't really thought about it. And again, it's not something that you're going to figure out in the first visit, but it just sort of opens up that world. Just like your questions do. It opens up people to think about it. Mm-hmm. And um, I come from a framework where we have this physical body, we have this mental, emotional, we have this energetic, spiritual body. When all of those systems are down, you feel like, excuse the language, shit, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's frankly what happened to me that first time I was sick. It was dark night of the soul time. Every single system was down. Like, I, I can't tell you how I couldn't eat, I couldn't mm-hmm. sleep. I was just, I was a mess. And I, um, and I know every single system, but usually that's not the case. Usually one system is down and another system is not. And so if you're aware of those different, if you're aware in your own self, you know, what is your, what, what is it that you can pull from to support the other system when it's down, if that makes sense. So like you, you can be grieving, but still have a strong physical body. So you can start using your physical body to move more, to support the grieving process. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just go in. <laughs> yes. I, find, I find the easy things is like, I ask about their home life. I ask about their work. Are they, do they enjoy their job? Yes. What brings them joy? And before I even mm-hmm. get to their chief concern, like I'm asking those things. Love it. That already tells me something. And then someone's like, I don't know. Like, I can't seem to find, you know, I like these things, but I can't seem to figure out how to make that fit in this world. But there's an opportunity over here. And I was like, well, then maybe you need to look at that up because you're clean, right? Like we don't have to start like square peg round hole. We got to stop trying to do that. Like if it doesn't fit, it doesn't fit. Or at least like, how can you start to express that part of joy a little bit more in your life? Like how can you give a little bit more time? And sometimes it doesn't have to get into an existence existential kind of discussion it's just what brings you joy can you do a little bit more of that (laughs) exactly absolutely exactly I love that you asked those questions and and totally and I mean to bring it back to the chronic fatigue I had this one patient who she would relapse which is a whole other thing we didn't even talk about is people tend to relapse and when you understand your root causes you can avoid the relapse which is amazing but she would her her relapse was always a sign that she needed to make a big move in her life and it was kind of like her way of resetting of going, Oh, we are going in the kind of the wrong direction. We need to course correct. And so now that she knows that, I don't think she needs to, she doesn't need to get chronic fatigue anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listening in a different way. Those are tough conversations though. Not everybody is ready to face that side of themselves. Not everyone's ready to face their shadow side and realize there's a shadow side in order to get their brightness to be brighter as well. Cause you can't yeah. have one without the other, right. but it's a tough, it's a tough, it's a tough convo. And I have to refer out to those. And I said, that's not my specialty. I can help you right. realize that there are some things, but I can't hold that space for you because right. I don't think I have the skill set. So I often refer out for that, but at least you bring it up though. And I think, yeah. I think that's like, like what Jenny's saying at the beginning too. Like that, yeah. I think you at least have to create that opening at the beginning and, and, maybe they haven't heard that from anyone. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's amazing to, to, I, I agree to just be able to say that. And there's, they're all, there are places that we have our, we have our spaces where it's our sweet spot and it's a beautiful place that we like to hold patients. And then we have those places where we can see where we need to refer out. I have that in my practice all the time. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of stuff I refer out because it's just not my, it's not my space, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It takes a village. Oh, oh my gosh. It all does. of us, every single type of practitioner is, you know, we need all yeah. of us. Yeah. We're all unique. You're very unique. And we really appreciate you coming on the show. I feel like my mind exploded a few times during this conversation and I appreciate that. Yeah. I want to make sure that our listeners understand how they can connect with you further because you did mention the two programs. So one is clinician-based for physicians and clinicians to be able to understand how to support chronic fatigue. Um, probably even you alluded to even like long COVID and we talked about this before the appointment, but how us as clinicians have even seen people who have either had COVID infections, how it brings up latent viruses and leads to this like fatigue kind of feeling after. So I think that having that course would be relevant for that to help understand how to improve mitochondrial function and antiviral this and things like that for, for that long haul. Um, But you said you have one for the general public too, for anybody who's suffering and just wants to be more informed. And the best way to access that is through your website, correct? Correct. Yes, correct. Go to, go to drjennytofinkian.com and go to courses and there are courses in there. And just if anybody's interested, I am kind of throwing a thing out there where starting on February 7th, if I have enough people interested, I'm going to be taking people through the course I have for the general public. And I'm going to be meeting with everyone weekly in a group session live. So it's sort of a reverse classroom where you get to watch the video and then meet with me for a week. And if I have enough people, I'm just kind of throwing it out there because it just feels like this is a time when a lot of us are burnt out and exhausted. And if I, and I'm toying with the idea of doing one for practitioners. So if you're listening and you're like, oh my gosh, I'd love to be in a group and do that and go through this, then, then ping me back. Cause it's, I'm, I'm throwing the net out to see if there's interest. I would totally love to hold that space and be there with you. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for your support for people who are struggling with these particular quite, quite challenging for a lot of people and complex conditions. And it's really great that there are resources like you to help support people through this process. Thank you. It's just like what you said. It's just about, I believe that we're all here to shine and it's really hard to shine when you're feeling exhausted. And I feel like it's, there's a lot of unnecessary suffering that happens with people that are struggling with chronic fatigue and ME and now long haulers. And I really, um, believe that when we know how to address ourselves and when we have clinicians that can help these people, it's like, we're just able to shine brighter and the world needs us to be in our full light right now. <laughs> so mm-hmm. here, here. Yeah. Thank you so much, Dr. Yeah, Jenny. Thank you so much, Dr. Jenny. Thank you for having me. Take care. Hey everyone, Dr. Dave here. As you probably know, this podcast is all about getting the word out there that naturopathic medicine has got some serious game. Educating and inspiring our listeners to work towards and achieve better health is what it's all about. But just like it takes energy and effort to invest in and strive towards greater health, it takes energy, effort, and financial support to do all the podcast things necessary to keep this message coming at you. So please afford me a moment to share our gratitude and give a real heartfelt thank you to our show sponsor, Cytomatrix Canada. Their patient focused vision of improving health outcomes with the use of high quality naturopathic doctor designed supplements is 100% in alignment with what we're trying to do here at the podcast. Their enthusiasm for supporting what we're trying to do for you, the listener, encourages us to keep producing content that will inform and inspire. Thanks again to our sponsor, Cytomatrix Canada.